That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. All I right. think we, we got it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That's What I'm Saying. Uh, the last time I posted a podcast was almost a year to the day, uh, October 2nd, 2019. Uh, it is now October 3rd, 2020. And man, what a difference a year has made. I mean, 2020 has just been, as we all know, a gut punch, uh, one after another. Um, but I'm posting this now just because the, the focus of my podcast a year ago was about how you never know how things are going to go, right? No one would know that, you know, 2020 was going to be as bizarre and as uh, difficult as it is. Nobody predicted that all the things that have happened this year would happen. And while I didn't know that that was, you know, anything was going to happen in 2020 like it did, it's just interesting for me to listen. Actually, I was surprised. Like, I'm, I really kind of enjoyed my own podcast, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest. But anyways, the, the things I mentioned in the podcast, which I would recommend you look at, it's episode eight. It's called Life Takes Time. You never know where you'll end up. So for me, I'm going to try my best to enjoy the ride. Um, and it was mainly about how I knew, you know, how I'd seen Janelle Monae in 2014 and as, as a performer at this convention that, you know, basically 50 people showed up for. And five years later, it was like, you know, standing room only where she was, um, you know, surrounded by people who are interested in her, not just as an uh, actress or a singer, but uh, as an entrepreneur. And just to say that, like, you know, she might have had a vision that's where it was going to go, but I don't think other people did. And the point is, is that you just don't know what's going to happen day to day. So the trick is to enjoy it while you can. And I also mentioned a story about how uh, a, a female director for the, uh, um, well, she's directed a lot of episodes of different shows, but in particular, it was for This Is Us, was a director of photography that I knew many years ago. And it was a story about how, um, you know, she just kind of kindly and unexplained, like really at this point, I don't even know why she did it, but she offered me a t-shirt for all my hard work. Um, and I was just laughing because, or just, I found it interesting because, um, you know, I, whenever I do events or whatever, I try to, um, you know, I'm in charge of a group of people. I generally speaking, hand out a free t-shirt. <laughs> so the point of the story was, I don't know that, you know, the woman's name was Uta. I don't believe that she knows how much of an effect she had on me, but she did. And the second part of that is that, like, you know, you, I would have liked, I liked the idea that she progressed from a director of photography on a indie film to being a director on a, you know, one of the most, uh, um, I don't know, popular shows of the past few years. Like, that's, a, that's pretty cool. But the point of the, the story is to say that, like, you know, as much as I was kind of just talking in general about my own life, about how I thought that I'd be like this fancy director someday, um, and that I, it hadn't worked out that way. And just to say that at the same time, a lot of great things that have happened that I uh, didn't expect, but that were great. Um, you know, it's just, it's just another level of perspective to see this past year unfold the way that it did. And, you know, in, a lot of times in terrible ways, but just this idea that like, okay, here we are where we are and things are feel terrible. And, you know, there's one thing in the news after another worrying you or scaring you or making you angry and very you know rightly so like you know a lot there's a lot of stuff to be scared and a lot of stuff to be angry about uh, i'm not making judgment on that i'm just saying that like at by the same token like we are able to 
say to ourselves, well, things are not so great now, but we don't know what the future may hold, so let's believe that it's going to be great. And that's real easy to say when you're in a nice house or if you're in a nice job or if you have family and friends who are there to support you emotionally and, you know, whatever, you know, support you in whatever way they can. Um, and, you know, by the way, not all those things are me, but the point is, is that it's easy to say, you know, to have like a positive outlook when you aren't like, you know, fighting for your life or fighting for your dignity or fighting for your place at the table. So I understand that it's not, you know, saying something like that is easy for a lot of people to say and not too easy for other people, other people to say. But the bottom line is that it's basically true and that we don't know what the next day, the next minute, the next year are going to, you know, holds in store for us. So we do have a choice to kind of hope for the best and to feel that there are good times ahead despite how it may feel or how it may look or how it may seem. And I say that as someone who, you know, finds it difficult to do that, right? Like I, I try really hard to do that and I don't come to it naturally. Um, so anyways, it was just, it, it was just interesting to me that at the exact time right now where I was like, think, you know, and actually the truth of it is, is that I've, um, I've been doing, well, it's just, it's just been interesting that at, um, that a year ago I, posted a podcast that I kind of needed to hear exactly one year to the day. So this year has been interesting. I, um, I also, also might just do this again at the end of the year as well, but for right now, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll start at the beginning of the year, you know, it was really great. We were, I started, you know, going to, uh, doing a lot of traveling in the first two months of the year in like, you know, in essentially two months or two and a half months, I visited family in New York and Connecticut, uh, seeing some friends and uh, our friend in New Hampshire. I got to go to see the Sundance Film Festival, which I hadn't been to since 2008, where I saw Childish Gambino's first film before he was Childish Gambino and before really anybody knew who Donald Glover was outside of people who, you know, were, you know, fans of a certain area of, uh, or a certain niche of, niche of YouTube. So it's just, it's been a while. Um, and anyways, I went to Sundance. I met a, it was so cool because I would sit in a coffee shop right in near the, the event and I would just meet one person after another just sitting next to me. And they're just all different and all had different perspectives. And it just made me feel that like, that's what I want. I want to meet new people. I want to learn about them and I want to learn and grow from them. Um, and, you know, and I want to shine my light back, you know, kind of thing. Interesting people I met at um, uh, Sundance is that it just, all of them kind of inspired me to begin writing again. But I don't write screenplays, or I didn't write screenplays because I've done it a bunch of times, and I'm just, I mean, I'm okay. I'm not, like, the greatest screenplay writer in the world, but I'm not terrible. I'm just, you know, probably below average or average, right? Like, just like most people. Um, but, you know, the main thing, reason why I stopped is that I just, it wasn't getting results. Like, I don't want to just write to, to write. Like, I want to write because I think it'll get sold or made into a movie, or I make it into a movie. And then once you make a movie a few times, you're like, all right, well, that's not enough. I know I can make a movie. I want to get into film festivals. And if you get into film festivals, you're like, well, that's not enough. I want to get attention. And you get a few million views on your YouTube and you're like, well, isn't that supposed to bring me fame or like make me feel happy or bring me money? And it just doesn't. It just gives you what you had before, which is a film, right? And so the point is, is that we have these expectations that like if we make a film or write a film that A, people will see it, B, people will like it. 
and see that we'll get paid for it. And that just simply isn't true. My experience with filmmaking is once you make a film, what you get is a film, right? Like, you know, you can brag that you got it on Amazon, but really all you're saying to people is that, you know, I did something that you didn't, but, you know, nobody's, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like that in the indie world or even just in the studio world, we have this warped view of like success and that like it's only success if you're, you know, wildly popular, which by the way, only lasts like, you know, three years if you're lucky, you know, or if you make a ton of money, which by the way, also doesn't last that long. Um, but there's, you know, at the same time, like I'm with them, like I don't want to make a movie that nobody sees. So it begs the question, why am I doing it? It's just like, well, because it's in my blood, right? I just, I just do it because I do it. I enjoy it. Um, but I hadn't written in a while because I kept on trying to write these screenplays and they were fine. And they'd win an award or, you know, or just be placed in some, you know, small festival. Um, and that made me feel proud and it made me feel good. But it didn't really provide me anything other than like a, you know, a Facebook post bragging about it for 24 hours, right? Like, I need more than that. I want to I wanna be able to, you know, have my vision come to life or whatever, or make movies that sustain my life and that also are enjoyable to do. Like, and that's the goal. But I just think that the amount of time, the amount of scripts that I've written over the 20 years of, of me doing this, you know, were not providing me that, so I stopped. Um, but at the same time, um, like when I went to Sundance, I was just really inspired. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to write because I enjoy it. And my, my, my criteria is going to be, one, do I enjoy the process? Two, does at least one person say, wow, I was really affected by either A, your script, or B, the movie that you make with it? Uh, and then lastly, just, you know, hopefully it turns into either, you know, a job or a person who is going to be in my life for a long time that I wouldn't normally have, or like just something, just something else besides sort of like internal joy. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't expect much from it. And, you know, when I reframe or readjust my expectations or my, my, what I want to get out of this, it just makes not just life easier, but it just, it makes it so that I can enjoy the process rather than using it as a way to get someplace else. And, you know, and I've seen this with a lot of directors or people just like me who have like done a lot of work, who've been around the block and they, well, I've done four shorts. I'm like, well, I've done 10 and there's always someone who's done 20 and then you sit there and yeah, but how good are they? And like, that's in the eye of the beholder. And like, it's just, it's, it's, it's pointless to compare your work to someone else's work. It's just because like, you know, for every person who resonates with your work, there's, there's 10 who don't like it. Right. So you're just left with, you know, do you like it? Did you get one person to like it? And was it fun to make? Um, but at the same time, you know, I've just seen a lot of people kind of in my life who've been around the block who just have this expectation that, you know, they should be doing better or more. And like, who knows what, what their metric is, but that's basically their feeling. You know, and I have a lot of examples in my life of people who, you know, started at the bottom and who made it to the quote unquote top, like, you know, you know, volunteer production coordinators who make it to being a writer or producer for a network show or, you know, a makeup artist who, or rather somebody who was, you know, starting out as an indie video, uh, music video director and was being paid to be a makeup artist. And then, you know, 10 years later is now doing videos for like some of the top pop acts in the world. Right. And I have friends who, you know, who've become, you know, high up in the studio system, not like super, super high up, but, you know, making serious money, making serious decisions and making serious 
films or uh, rather projects you can see um, either, you know, on, on national TV or Netflix or what have you. So it's not like it can't happen. It's not like they're very special. Like they're all talented. They're all like their work is unbelievable. So, you know, it's not like they didn't, you know, and they all kind of, you know, worked hard. So it wasn't like they didn't earn it. But, you know, my perspective is like, well, I think I'm pretty talented and I think that I've earned it. So where's my like, you know, success badge, <laughs> right? I think a lot of people feel that way and we just can't. Like it's not beyond the fact that it's not healthy. Um, it's just that it's, it's, and it's impractical and like it doesn't help. Um, it's just, it, it doesn't, it isn't, doesn't track. Like it's just not how things work. Like working hard and being good does not equal success. And by the way, if you become successful, like one, you may not like it. <laughs> Two, very often doesn't last very long. And then what happens there is that you think there, well, you, you have this mindset that you were destined for greatness. And then when you aren't great anymore, you think you failed. And really all that you get is a few chances to, to have a bunch of people blow smoke up your ass and tell you you're great. That's it. But once they stop, you can't start thinking that you're not great anymore because they're not saying it. Like you were always great. You're great now. You just aren't like, you know, getting people giving you bullshit. Right. And so, you know, it's just in, in my experience, working hard and uh, even, you know, being privileged, it helps you like being pri like if you're if you're wildly connected, then then, you know, or if you have people with money who are in the industry, then yes, like privilege is real. It's something that is hard to fight and it is um, really the easiest way to get to where you want to go if you're working in Hollywood. But the truth of it is, is that even when you have those things, it's still difficult. And on top of that, um, you know, there are plenty of people who don't have those things who make it. Um, and again, the ones who, who aren't privileged, who work really hard and are super talented, if they get it and you don't, doesn't mean that you didn't work really hard or super talented. It just means you didn't get it. And we don't like to think that. We like to think that A plus B equals C. And it's just not true. Like, I mean, it's definitely not true in my experience. Like, I will say this. Like, like there is a case to be made that I don't deserve it. That I didn't work hard enough. That I, my, my vision is not like, uh, you know, it doesn't hit the zeitgeist. It doesn't connect with people or whatever. Um, or that I don't, or that I made decisions or, you know, piss people off or whatever. Like there's a million different ways that I could look back and like, oh, well, I, you know, if only, but really there's not that, I mean, I have not, even I've screwed up in my life, but it's not like, uh, like, oh, I met Spielberg and I, you know, I, I insulted him. Like I never had those chances, right? Like I don't have access to that type of sort of, you know, network, but at the same time, like, you know, maybe I needed to take more risks making films or make more films or, you know, be, be stronger with promotion or like be more commercial or whatever, be not, be less commercial. But th this is my point. Like you can sit there and sprawl. I'm not even like sprawling emotionally. I just mean you can guess what's going to happen or what you could have done. And like, you don't know. And even the people who are successful don't know. They, they, they prescribe some meaning to the things that they did. Well, I woke up every morning, early in the morning, I did my vision board. I did my meditation. I did my journal did my work and I prayed to God like, well, yeah, I did those things too. Right. And maybe I get it. Maybe I get it. And that's what you get. Yeah. Your attitude has to be, well, maybe it's just my turn yet. It's going to come. But I guess what I'm saying is on my deathbed, if I never direct or edit or produce a studio level film or show, I'm not going to have regrets. I'm not, I'm going to have regrets if I don't, put out what I have 
you know, if I, if I don't take my creative energy and turn it into something that I enjoy and that I think is a positive effect on people, um, then I'm going to regret that. And the truth of it is, is that I have done that, like to the best of my ability. Like, I don't really, there's not, I mean, I've messed up opportunities in my life, many, but in the past 10 years, I've made the best of my opportunities in my opinion. And maybe that opinion will change, but I just, the point of the story is that like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing everything that I can and everything that I feel comfortable with to make things happen and to create um, projects that I find are interesting and they're fun to do and that will bring joy and, you know, new perspectives to people who watch it. Like, that's my criteria. And I think I'm doing that. At the same time, it doesn't feel very good to not be, you know, to ha- be um, doing all that work and still have financial instability and to not have, you know, kind of clout. I don't want to be recognized, really. Like, honestly, it's just funny when you look back and you see all these people who are super important or these bands that were big or these people that were big stars. And you just, like, we lose perspective as we get older. But if you went back and saw all the people who were, like, on the TV shows I used to work on, like, 99% of them aren't around anymore. Not because they're not talented or, or hardworking. It's because they only get so many time, only so many opportunities and, you know... Hollywood is a nasty, it can be a nasty business where, you know, if you're trying to like get your creative vision out there, you know, it's very fickle. Like it's just, it's based on, you know, if people are into you at the time or if you're making a ton of money at the time, the second those two things change, you're not in anymore and you can't figure it out because you were just, you know, everyone was telling you you're great like a month ago. What's the difference? And you just don't understand that it's just a machine. Uh, But anyways, the point is, again, the, to the original point is like we don't know we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow the next day or the next year um i hope nobody predicted that all the things that happened in 2020 so far would happen and i, I just i'm not a big fan of like trying to find a silver lining when people are in real pain like that's a little pedantic and a little insensitive um but i'll be honest like I am equal parts scared for the future and excited for the future and sad for so many people who are suffering right now. Uh, And I am empathetic towards people who don't have as much as I have, Um, which again, depending on who you ask, isn't that much, but depending on some other people is a lot, right? Like I'm grateful for all the opportunities and the people in my life and the privilege that I do have. and at the same time that I'm scared and happy and feeling grateful, um, I'm also like there was, a, you know, there's there's these offshoots where like of of things. Uh, what am I saying? What I'm trying to say is that like things can be you can be happy and sad and mad all at the same time. Like we want to think that, oh, it was good times. Now it's bad times. Like, but really, you know, there are people who were like in, you know, terrible, terrible situations, far more worse than I'm in who could find joy, could find, you know, things to celebrate and, and could buy, can find empathy and could find ways to help each other even when things were of the most dire circumstances. So for me, this, you know, this time of all of our lives has been very tough. Um, I still have a lot of goals, which I, I want to create something that people actually see other than my parents and my, you know, my friends. Um, and... I want to do something that makes me feel that I've done something that is positive, right? Like I don't need awards or I don't need like a million views, but I just want to feel like there's some progress 
and then I'm getting paid for it, right? Like I want to, I want to get paid not just because I want to get paid, but because I want to, you know, I want to be self-sustaining. I don't want to have to rely on other people or, you know, basically I want to be able to pay my rent, right? And I want to have a basic living and I don't, you know, how do I put it? Those are, those are my goals. Like I'm, I'm, uh, at the same time that I am scared and uh, empathetic towards people, I'm, I'm scared, at the same time that I am scared for the future, I'm excited for the future, same time that I'm empathetic towards people who don't have it as good as me, um, or, you know, who I'm empathetic towards people who aren't as privileged as me, and I'm grateful for the things that I have. Um, you know, I'm also happy that I, you know, I would not have spent all this time, you know, I get to see my family, frankly, a lot more than I have in the past, you know, and I get to like, you know, watch old episodes of Community with my family. And, uh, you know, we socially distanced and, you know, Zoom meetings and whatever, but those are positives. And again, it's, I'm not, like, I just don't think the lesson needs to be, oh, look at the positive, look at the bright side when like things are terrible. You know, you should, you should be, you know, aware and clear on what the situation is and, and whether or not you have hope. I would hope, that I, ironically, I would hope that you have hope. But if you don't, that's, you know, your prerogative and your business. And I don't want to foist my, my joy, my toxic joy onto you. But for me personally, what I'm trying to share is that, like, at the same time that I am happy uh, and I am sad. And at the same time that I'm scared of the future, I'm excited for the future. And at the same time that I'm worried for what's happening right now, I'm also very, I just believe that we'll find a way through. And, you know... And as much as I say that, I'm also not sure it's going to happen, right? Like, so the point is, we can be many things at the same time. We can feel many ways at the same time. And while we're doing it, you know, hopefully we're creating our, our better future by acting and behaving as if, you know, our future is better and feeling that our future is better or for our kids or for our country or for our neighbors or for ourselves. Um, but yeah, the bottom line is that I just find it interesting that a year ago I was talking about how you never know where life can take you. Uh, you never know where, like we think that things are linear, but um, they're not. <laughs> like we like to think that things go in a certain direction and they're predictable and solid and they're not. Um, and just to say that like, I didn't know what, what 2020 was going to bring, but that's the point. I didn't know. I just knew that things don't stay the same and that we think they do. And it's just, it was interesting to me to see this, this, because again, I haven't posted a, a podcast in exactly a year. And uh, for all those things I said, that like, it, I don't need to do a podcast if no one's listening. Um, I like connecting with other people, um, but I don't need a podcast for that. And even now I'm doing a podcast just talking to myself. Like, what value does that bring? And I'm just doing it because I don't know what else, I don't, not that I don't know what else to do, but like, because why not? Like, couldn't hurt, right? Um, so Yeah. There's just some, there, I just felt that there was some synergy there that a year ago I was talking about how we never know how things would, are going to end up, you know, you know, right now things are not, um, things are not the way we want them to be. They're not the way, quote unquote, that they should be. They're not the way that we would hope they'd be. However, there are plenty of examples right now of people who are doing great things like, you know, whether it's people who are, you know, the firefighters and the, and the front the people in the front lines of um, anything from being working in the hospital to working at a grocery store. Like, like that is 
like who would have thought a year ago that working in a grocery store would be a patriotic act, right? An act where someone was sacrificing for others. And they are. Like that's the reality. Like you are risking yourself and your life so that other people can have food. Like that's something to be honored. Um, but yeah, things are not the way that we want them to be, how they would hope they would be. However, we don't know what the future is going to hold. So we might as well think it's going to be amazing. Um, now that's all I got right now. Hopefully uh, you found this interesting. It was definitely a bit of a ramble, but I think there's some nuggets in there. I would say check out my other interviews, my other podcasts, mainly the ones that I do interviews with. They tend to be more tactical and interesting for me um, and perhaps for you. And then the, the episode eight from you know October 2nd of last year, I think is, is really, it, it's just, I found it interesting, you know, listening to myself a year later um, and you might as well. Um, so anyways, thanks again if you are listening, um, and until next time, uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye.